Hey, good evening, Grace Point, Thursday night Bible study with Pastor Brad. Father, bless our ears to hear, open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, we really want to grasp what you're saying from our brother Matthew through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We're Christians. We believe this is the Word of God. We don't believe it's the Word of a man. We believe that through the power of the Spirit, Matthew wrote this. So open our hearts and minds to it, Lord, to give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so last week, we were seeing that Jesus was healing the sick again, but he was also fulfilling Scripture. Uh, he literally fulfilled uh, Isaiah 53, 4, as interpreted previously from Matthew 8, 17. He fulfilled Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 4. So we're seeing that Jesus is fulfilling these scriptures, and he's also fulfilling the nature and the redemptive characteristics of Jehovah, the I am that I am, which the Gospel of John, John points out so well. So we're just going to pick up right there. I, do, I, always feel like, I always feel the necessity as a pastor, again, to say healing is a blessing. It is a covenant blessing. It is never meant to bring condemnation. I've known people that you know, just weren't able to receive their healing for whatever reason, and they feel so condemned like they don't have any faith. And, you know, faith works in a lot of different ways. I just would not get condemned if you're struggling in that area. I just keep pressing into it, keep meditating in the scriptures, continue to believe God, continue to trust the word of God and believe God. And God will always meet you where you're at. In fact, there's one, we're going to get into Matthew I think 17, where a guy cries out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's a great prayer to pray. So don't allow this topic to bring you in condemnation. Let the fact that Jesus is a healer and has paid for your healing be a blessing to you because it's a benefit. All right, so with that in mind, that pastoral comment, let's go on to uh, Matthew 8, 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. What did he do, Lily? What did you think he did, did, Lily? He healed him. Isn't that just like Jesus? So the blind and mute both spake and saw, and the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now, when they said, Could this be the son of David, what are they saying? Anybody know? They're saying, could this be the Messiah? Psalms 110 said that the Messiah would be the son of David. In fact, Jesus quotes that scripture marvelously. In a, in a, he was in a contest with the scribes and Pharisees. He quotes that scripture marvelously. But could this be the Messiah? Well, they're saying that because he's fulfilling the messianic prophecies and they're seeing everything that the prophets were saying about Jesus are coming true. So they're wondering, is he the Messiah? Is he the son of David? Now the Pharisees heard it. And of course, they're jealous. We know that. And they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself shall be brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, 
How do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then he can plunder his goods? He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Now, this is really powerful. So they're accusing Jesus of casting out demons through the power of Satan. And Jesus says to them, and you know, Abraham Lincoln quoted this scripture in uh, one of his great speeches, a house divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan is going around casting out Satan, then his kingdom is divided and it won't stand. Now, this isn't the only time Jesus talks like this. So this guy is mute, which means he can't speak. He's deaf, which means he can't hear. And he's possessed by a demon. And the Bible talks about deaf and dumb demons, that demons can cause muteness and deafness. Not necessarily always that. It can be a birth defect, but it can be enforced by a spirit of, uh, of muteness and deafness. And he says, if Satan's divided against Satan. So let me ask you this question. Think about this. Who is causing the deafness? Who is causing the muteness? Who's behind the demon possession? Jesus and Satan have different goals. They have a different they are a different spirit, which we'll get into that later. And they have a different plan and purpose for man. Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundant. So Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not bringing muteness. A lot of people want to give God, like this is what God is doing. Jesus is kind of upturning some of the notions of the Old Testament, he is honestly just further revealing it. He, Jesus is showing you what's really going on in the backdrop here. And he's saying, deafness and muteness and demon possession, things that are bad, and we'll see this more as we go through Matthew, they are of the devil. Isn't he saying that? He says, that's Satan's kingdom. I am coming to you and I'm doing good and I'm casting out devils and I'm healing the sick. That's what I'm doing. I came to save man, not to destroy him. So we can see healing, blessing, Jesus, muteness, deafness, demons, destruction, Satan. I came to give you life and life more abundant. The thief came to steal. It's really clear. And Jesus is revealing this really clearly. And he said that it is actually through the Spirit of God that these things are happening and the kingdom of God is coming upon you. So the kingdom of God is God's benevolence and God's grace and his goodwill coming to men unearned, undeserved, and he's setting them free. But he says... First, you have to bind the strong man. Brian, where am I on time? 
Amen. Okay, so he said, at first you have to bind the strong man. Let's talk about that. Because, you know, Jesus on the earth, people sometimes when they have a demon, people will say, I bind you, devil, you know, and I guess that's okay to say that. But Jesus didn't say, I bind you. What did he say? Come out, be gone, you know. And, uh, you know, but he says, we bind the strong man, the one that's guarding his house, okay, says you have to tie him up and render him without authority. Jesus had authority over the devil. So the devil was bound around Jesus, and he had authority. Through his authority, he was binding the devil and cast, casting out. Again, as I taught last week, when Jesus was healing the sick, it was almost like a foreshadowing or a down payment on what he was going to do in the atonement at the cross, the same as when he was forgiving sins. He was forgiving sins as God... But it was a down payment or a foreshadowing of what he was going to do ultimately at the cross. Do you want to see Lily where Jesus ultimately bound the strong man? Flip over to Colossians chapter 2. Jesus bound the strong man at the cross. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! He bound the strong man at the cross. Listen to this. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, wow, we'll just start with verse 13, we could start anywhere, but it says, and you being dead in your sins, your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with Christ, having forgiven you all trespasses, where? At the cross. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us that was contrary to us, that was binding us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Get this, he nailed all the law, the requirements that were binding us and holding us captive, our sins, broken law, this legal document that was against us, the writings, uh, the Old Testament writings of the law that were against us, took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross, And there, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing triumphing over them. Where did he triumph over the principalities and powers? Where did he bind the strong man? Where did he forgive our sins? Where was it that by his stripes we were healed? Where was it that he bore our iniquities and carried away our infirmities, took our pains away? Where was it? At the cross. There is so much more I could teach on this. There's so much more. It just takes time to go over it all. The Word says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the evil one. And that's sin, but it's also the consequence of sin. Jesus bound the strong man and rendered him ineffective and inoperative at the cross. Not only that, if you read, and I don't have time to get in there, i got to end this. If you flip over to Romans chapter 6, He says that knowing this, that our old man was crucified at 
the cross. Our old man, knowing this, that our, my old man, our old man was crucified at the cross. He said where he rendered the old man inoperative and ineffective for evil. King James says where he destroyed it. I, I got to flip over there so I can read it correctly. Flip over to Romans 6. We're going to end here tonight. I'm talking about where Jesus bound the strong man. Romans 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. The body of sin was done away with. Uh, I think it's the, the Amplified says it was rendered ineffective and inoperative for evil. Amen? At the cross is where Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers at the cross where he set our old man free that was bound by Satan, bound by sin, bound by destruction. At the cross, we were set free. That's where we were forgiven. That's where our, our healing came, spirit, soul, and body. And that's where we were delivered from the devil. Okay, we'll pick up there next week. We'll move on. We'll just keep moving on. I don't have time to dig in. I'd love to dig in in the Old Testament, in the atonement, where we're seeing all these things in the atonement but that'll be for another day. All right, see you next week.